Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. Come on by and stop by and see us. We'd love to have you. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or on Wednesday night at 6.30 for the Hour of Power. All are welcome. Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear the final installment of the series entitled The Power of the Blood of Jesus. This would be part number five, and it is subtitled, Are You in the Wheel? That's right, Are You in the Wheel? Wheel as in Testament, the New Testament or the New Covenant. Are you an heir of salvation? Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. We're going to do just a little bit of recapping of the benefits of the blood of Jesus Christ going right into the New Testament, and we're going to end off giving you a preview of the upcoming series. It is entitled, The Power of the Name of Jesus. Wow, I can't wait to get into this series with you. But right now, we're going to have to wrap up the Power of the Blood of Jesus series in this message entitled, Are You in the Will? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Give the Lord a hand of praise for his wonderful, for you, Lord, you're so wonderful, so wonderful. Well, this morning, you can turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew 26, Matthew 26. And the Lord is faithful to give us a word in season. He's faithful to give us a word in season. And one of my challenges in this day and in this hour, as is yours, is not to be moved by what we see, but to remain focused on our assignment. Let me tell you something. No one can hold you back from your destiny in in Christ. No one, no person, no devil, no demon, no angel can hold you back from being all that God has for you to be. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. No amount of money or, or low money or no money, not even health or disease, nothing can hold you back from being all that God has called you to be. I'm assured of that when I saw this man on the news that had no arms and no legs preaching the gospel. My Lord, no arms and no legs preaching to crowds of hundreds of thousands of people. Ask your neighbor, what's your excuse? No arms. You hear me? No arms and no legs preaching and declaring the goodness of the Lord. Lord, I will go preach, but my toe hurt. My Jesus. Are you hearing me? (laughs) No, nothing, nobody can hold you back from doing what God has called you to do. Isn't that wonderful news? Hallelujah. Well, uh, let's read this together just for a moment. And then uh, Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29. You can stand with me if you can for the reading of the word today in the name of the Lord. And then we're going to go further. Praise God Almighty. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29. 
And it reads like this. We're going, we're going to read. Uh, let's try to read it together. How about that? We're going to read it loudly, slowly. We're going to read it out of the King James Version. So those of you that have your electronic devices, make sure you set that to King James. If you have your electronic paper Bible, I hope you brought King James. Praise Lord. We're going to read it from there this morning. We're going to read it loudly, enthusiastically. We're going to read it. Anybody remember? Slowly. There we go. I know we got a lot of fast readers, those that can read 500-page books in an afternoon. I'm not one of those. All right. Are you ready? This is Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29. Ready? Let's read. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in the Father's kingdom. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word. Now, Lord, we just ask that you will just speak to us today. We declare that today, that the spoken word will go forth, that you would have your total and complete way. Lord, I step out of the way. You take control. Give your people the ears to hear and a heart to respond. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. Before you take your seats, declare with me. Today I will receive the word of God. My mind is alert. My spirit is open and receptive. I will be changed by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give three people a high five and tell them it's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you a few things before we get into this. This will actually be uh, the final, the final message, if you would say, in the blood of Jesus series, in the power of the blood of Jesus series. This is actually the final message, at least for now. Um, we're going on to something else now. And the Lord will reveal this to us as we go on today, Lord willing. But let me tell you this. First, let me ask you this question. When you're here at church, why do, why do we as the pastors or ministers here, why do we give you the word? Think about that to yourself. Say, why am I giving the word? Uh, why do we ask you to open your Bibles and turn to this chapter or to this verse? Why do we ask you to do that? That your faith may rest in the word of God and not in the wisdom of men. You understand? This is why we tell you, turn here, read this, study this. So your faith may rest in him and his ability 
and not ours. There have been many men or ministers uh, of the gospel, quote unquote, that have fallen. And if peoples, if their faith rested in that individual, when, when he fell, they fell. But we give you the word of God here. That's your wisdom. Now, God forbid anything happening here in this place. But we give you the word of God so that your faith may rest in God and not in the wisdom of men. You understand? This is why we give you the word of God. This is why we go into the Hebrew text or to the Greek text. This is why we give you a flow of thinking. This is why you hear me say a lot of times, are you hearing me? Are you getting this? Or do you understand me? Why? Because we're trying to get something over to you. We're trying to give you an understanding of the word of God. How many of you can say that you've been able to understand the word of God since you've been here? You've been able to understand the word of God. Well, that's from the Lord, not from men. So, and, and in this hour that we're living in right now, it's important for you to know how to study the word of God. It's important for you to know what the word of God says for yourself. Hallelujah. Are you understanding? These are some desperate times for the world system. Desperate times. Very desperate. But not for the kingdom of God. Because God's kingdom is not in bankruptcy. There is still more than enough in the kingdom of God. And we're going to tell you some of the things about that today. But before we go into those things, we're going to do just a little bit of recap about the blood of Jesus. There are about nine things, nine different benefits that we can receive from the blood of Jesus. You can take notes of this or, or just um, write it down. There are about nine different benefits of the blood of Jesus. Now, let me say this. Up to this point, or we can say it this way, hitherto this point, we have been teaching, the Holy Spirit's been ministering on the blood of Jesus, ministering on faith, and we have really had a more defensive position. We have been in the foxhold, if you will, defending declaring the uh the blood of jesus against our adversary declaring the 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 blood um the blood of the lord as the enemy will pass over right that's defensive that's defensive and uh we've had our dukes up but we've been defending but now the lord comes today and i pray that you will hear this now is the season of offense now is the season to move forward i'm telling you my Jesus, now is the season of offense. Now is the season to offend the enemy. We have to move the ball downfield. Let's go offense. Praise the Lord. It's time to move forward. Hallelujah. So the Lord has told us really one of the first rules they, they tell me and uh, learning karate or some other things. They tell you on the first thing they, they show you is how to defend yourself, defend defensive moves and how to get up when you are knocked down, how to recover before you even learn how to hit, how to throw a punch. It is how to defend from an attacker, upper block, low block, X block or whatever, X box, whatever. They tell you how to defend yourself from the attacker and how to get up. When you fall, 
Are you understanding? So you've learned how through the blood of Jesus series, through faith, we have learned how to defend and we've learned how to rise again, especially understanding the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, understanding the the grace that comes from Calvary's cross. So I pray that you have been able to glean from those messages and really just get into it because now it's time to move forward. Now it's time to move out. Up to this point, it has been the enemy has been attacking and hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. And uh, we've been under our shield, hallelujah, and been in a defensive position. But now the Lord said it's time to get out of the foxhole and move forward. Now it's time to be aggressive. And the Bible says this. You can turn there with me in the book of John. Or rather, let, let's stay in Matthew, Matthew 11. Go back a few chapters to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, it says this, Matthew 11 and 12. The Bible declares, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, Matthew 11:12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. The violent take by force. Now, the violent do not take by laying around and doing nothing. Here again, up to this point right now, what most of you have been in is a defensive position. And you don't gain ground or new territory. Are y'all hearing me today? I'm not sure if you are, but I'm going to have to go on today. You don't gain new ground or territory in a defensive position. You don't gain it by staying in a stronghold. You have to come out of the defensive position and then begin to move forward. There are things that God has has already laid up for us, already said that we can have, that now he said now is the season to have access to it. Now is the season to go forward and get those things that he has laid up for us. Now is the season for us to inherit the kingdom of God. Now is that season, but you had to learn first how to defend yourself. You had to learn first the scriptures. You had to learn those things first so that you could effectively move forward. So God is saying now it is time for the violent to take it by force. Now's the time for you to rise up early in the morning and to declare the word of God. Now's the time for you to, to rise up and to declare the blessing of God over your family, over your household. Not just defensive prayers, but going forth and laying hold on the things that God has for you. We're going to talk about the power of the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the power of his name and what you can do with that name and what has God and what God has given to you through that name so I pray the name of Jesus I pray that you hear me because the name of Jesus is integral for you to receive the inheritance that God has for you now the inheritance that God has for you has nothing to do with the sighted realm you don't have to worry about the condition of your bank account when God says reach up and receive this and you'll pull this in into the natural and you'll see a drastic change are you hearing so there are just so many things that we're going to see. And I pray that, um, I guess that was a bit of a preview. I pray that you are with me and that you also praying with me. Because it's important for the congregation to pray along with the pastor as he brings the word of God forth to the people. 
I'm telling you, the Bible declares clearly, the apostles say uh, many times, pray for us, pray for us that the word of God will have free course. I'm telling you, you must pray. All right. So as we go back now to the benefits of the blood of Jesus, there are about nine different benefits that you should receive and that you can declare that's offensive and that you that you can declare of your family and your household. The first one we learned uh, was that the blood of Jesus, we, we, we learned it uh, like looking um, at the at our natural blood. It has red blood cells, white blood cells. Anybody know the third one? That's right. It also has platelets. The red blood cells gives us one provision. That's correct. So we can believe God for provision. We can declare provision. The white blood cells uh, are or for our uh, defense there. The white blood cells are there for our uh, defense. Hallelujah. And the platelets are there for our what? That's right. Our healing, our healing. So we can believe the Lord for provision protection and healing by declaring the blood of Jesus before us. Hallelujah. And uh, we can also, we also saw some things in uh, 1 Corinthians 11 chapter that the blood of Jesus, that through the communion, we can receive strength, divine health, and long life. That is, we won't die prematurely. Now, every man is accounted to die once, and then after that, the judgment. So God is not saying through the power of communion that you will not die. Uh, we that you or that you won't die a physical death um, unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes uh, with the next few moments of next few years. We're all going to die a physical death. Are you understanding? It may take another seven years. I'm not sure how old you're going to, going to live to be a hundred or 75 or 80, 90. I don't know what it is when you but when our time is up, our time is up. So it's appointed unto man to die once. And after that, then the judgment comes. Are you hearing? So, but the Lord said that while partaking of the communion, we won't die simply, we won't die a premature death. Die before your time is up. Hallelujah. So we can believe God for strength, uh, divine health, and long life, even unto eternity. So we won't die prematurely. The blood also gives us forgiveness of sins. We just read that. It also gives us uh, peace with God and access into the presence of God. We can declare that. Hallelujah. Why is that important? Because through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly and declare and ask for the things that you have need of. Hallelujah. And all of this is wrapped up into this. Wrapped up in three words. All those benefits that I gave you are wrapped up into three words. The New Testament. Jesus said that all of this is a New Testament in my blood. So once again, we can believe God for uh, provision and protection, healing, strength, divine health, long life, forgiveness of sins, peace with God, and access into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That is wonderful. So as we, as we read there in the book of Matthew that this is the... Rather, it says here in the book of Matthew, this is my blood of the New Testament. Now, let's look at Luke, the 22nd chapter. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke 22. Luke 22. It's important for you to know these things. Uh, I already know them. Matter of fact, I already have them typed out for myself. I've already studied these. So the Lord has given them to 
Uh, he's given them through me to you so that you would understand. Uh, now, I told you about this before. When I used to work cable, when I was a cable man, and I may go into the person's house and, and look at their television, and the television was snowy and, the, and all that stuff. I'm there for another particular call. And I look at the television, and I see the condition that it's in, but they didn't call for that. They wanted cable in another room of the house. And I asked them, well, how long has this TV been like this? And they said, uh, I don't know. And they were so used to a snowy picture. They didn't know the default. They didn't know that they were paying for, for clarity. They just thought that that was how it was. Well, I go in there and I'll fix that thing. And bang, the picture is brilliant. And they are just happy and overjoyed. But they could have had that a long time ago if they had only asked. Sometimes in life you can get so used to scraps, so used to having nothing that you no longer ask, that you don't even want to war for it, don't even want to fight for it. Are you hearing? So when you know the things that you should be receiving, that's what I'm telling you, at the, the provision that's, the, that's there in the blood of Jesus, these are things that you should be receiving. If you're not receiving, then it's time for us to war. It's time for us to fight. You should have a provision. You should not have lack in your life. Are you hearing? Now there will be times, there'll be, there'll be maybe lower times, but every need should still be supplied. Hallelujah. The Bible says very clearly that the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. So as we go into uh, Luke 22 and all the other provisions that are here in the blood of Jesus about healing, you should have the healing. Your picture should be clear, not snowy. Turn to your neighbor and tell him your picture should be clear and not snowy. Tell somebody else that. So the question is, how long will you, how long will you accept that snowy picture? Now, I'm using that as an example. I'm not, talk, not actually talking about television. But your walk with Christ and the things that you are receiving. Are you hearing? All right. Now, Luke 22. And let's look at verse number 20 as it talks again about the blood of Jesus. Verse 20 says, likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the what? New Testament where? In my blood which is shed for you, the New Testament in his blood. So we understand, we can understand about provision. I know about that. About protection, we can understand that. Healing, we understand about that. Strength and divine health, understand that. Eternal life or long life, we understand that. Forgiveness, we understand that. Uh, access into the presence of God, having peace with God. Hey, we can understand those things. Isn't that right? But do we understand what God has laid up for us in the New Testament? Do you understand what God means by New Testament? So because I don't understand it, uh, that means that I cannot lay hold to it. You, you can't receive something that you don't understand. You won't be able to use it. If you don't understand it, you can't access it. Yeah. I could give you a, a treasure map to... Uh, one billion dollars worth of gold but if it was written in Swahili and if you don't understand Swahili waka wuka wuku, if you don't understand that then how can you take advantage of that 
You have to be able to understand it. That's why the word of God says in all you're getting, get what? Understanding. You have to get an understanding. If you don't understand it, you can't apply it. When I look at instructions for a different type of device, it has English words on there, Spanish words, Chinese, Japanese, all these other words. I just flip past the Chinese, Japanese, and Spanish because I don't understand it. I look straight for the English, something that I can understand so that I can follow the steps and get the desired result. You have to be able to understand. So if we don't understand what it means by the New Testament in his blood, then that means that there are benefits out there that we cannot lay hold to. And these are things that we need. Are you hearing? So let's begin to dive and in, dive into this as we look at what it means to have the New Testament in his blood. Are you with me today? So let's first look at what does the word testament mean? This is so important. What does the word testament mean? The word testament is a, a will, uh, especially one that relates, uh, relates to the, uh, dis, the, um, relates to the giving of different items, uh, or property to others. This is when you've heard when attorneys, uh, call the family in and they're going to read the will, right? A testament is a will. And the attorney says, well, Uncle Bob, you get the Porsche. Woo! Aunt Susie, uh, he laid up for you a million. Woo! Junebug, he left you $5. This is where you get your particular things. Now, everybody in the world does not have access uh, in the room that where they're reading the wheel. Only the heirs do. Only the heirs, right? Who are the heirs? The ones that are named in the wheel question is so now the lord is telling us that we have a new testament a new will he left us his will now are you written in the will now here's if someone dies like bill gates or some of these other billionaire people you know they say that you see on the news you know his his uh, will was, was read by attorney so and so and the family was called in or friends were called in to get it if you don't know him, chances are you're not in that will. Okay. Or you can just show up anyway to the reading of the will and be disappointed when your name is not called. Right. But the Lord is more specific than that. Let's go to uh, Genesis, uh, not Genesis, but Galatians, the third chapter. Go to Galatians, the third chapter. So we need to settle some things first of all. The word testament means will. It is also known as a covenant. All right, you hearing me? The word testament means will. It is also known as a covenant. And it sets materials aside for the heirs. So the question we need to know now is what did the king of glory, Jesus Christ, leave in his will for us? Am I in his will? What did God leave for me? Does anyone have that question in your mind? Some would say, well, I hope he left something for me. I hope I'm in his will. Anybody got that thought? I hope, I hope, I hope that's true. I don't see any hands. So uh, I hope that's true. I hope I'm in his will. 
But see, I don't want you to hope. I want you to know. And how do you know? Because your preacher said it. No, we're going to go right back into the Bible, into the will itself and find out who will receive. Who are the heirs? Uh, Galatians, the third chapter. Anybody want to know who the heirs are? Let's look at Galatians, the third chapter in verse number um, 28. Are you there? It says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither is there bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, but ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. And if ye be Christ's, anybody Christ in here? Do you belong to Jesus Christ? If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and what? Heirs according to the promise. If ye be Christ, not if we be a pretender, if we be a wolf in sheep's clothing, if we be a churchgoer, if your name is on the roll at some church, if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heir to the promise. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God Almighty. Now it says, You are, then you are ye Abraham's seed. Now Abraham received the promise. He received of God not by works of law or performance. We know that because the law came after Abraham. Are you hearing me? Over 400 years later. So Abraham received the promise of God by faith. And since we are the children of Abraham or Abraham's seed, we will also receive the promises of God left to us in this will by faith. So we can lay hold to the promises that are here in the new will, in the new covenant or the new testament by faith in what Jesus Christ has done. So as we said before, are you, as we asked before, are you in his will? Some said, I hope. I think so. But now, according to the word of God, do you know so? If you know so, then you will also understand that there are promises that that have been left to you in the will. Now, as we go back to the example, now turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, the eighth chapter, Hebrews eight. As I as we begin to close just just in a few minutes, Hebrews, the eighth chapter. As we go back to the example of the family being called to the rich man's um, reading of the will. Now, you are definitely an heir. You are a part of the family. You come into the room and you have your nice suit on or ladies, you have your nice dress on with your stilettos or whatever you want to wear to this meeting. All right. So you come in there and we all sit down and we hear, we sit to hear the reading of the will. Because we know that there are things that have been left to us in this will. And I want what is mine. I guarantee you, I don't believe anybody in this room, when your name is called to receive $10,000 or $20,000 out of this will, you're just going to say, hmm, that's nice. And walk out the door. No, I want my money. It's my money and I want it now. You're not going to leave it to chance. You're going to investigate. Okay, uh, Mr. Turner, it's over now. Now, how do I get my stuff? 
If you have to, you go to court and you'll fight for it. It's my money. It's written in the will. It's for me. It's mine. I want it. That's my name there. I'm supposed to get that. Why haven't I gotten that? And you will tear that courthouse down if you had to, to get what is yours. I would. I want what's mine. Once you find out what is left for you in the will. Well, what did Jesus leave for you in the will? We're going to be discovering that in the word of God. But let me give you more particular eight things to this morning. There are numerous more, but eight things here out of the book of Hebrews, the eighth chapter. Hebrews, the eighth chapter. Are you there? Are you getting anything out of this today? Hebrews, the eighth chapter. Let me read uh, just a few verses here. I'll read verses 6 through uh, 13, and then we'll go back and uh, pull these things out of these verses for you so that you will understand. Hebrews 8 chapter, verse number 6 says, But now have he ordained a more excellent ministry, or rather obtained a more excellent ministry, talking about Jesus Christ, uh, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. No, better covenant. All right, a better covenant. What's another word for covenant? Does anybody know? Testament is correct. Somebody will get a prize today. Testament is correct. What's another name for testament other than covenant? Will is correct. Thank God, thank God. All right, he has obtained a better covenant which was established upon better promises. For if the first covenant or testament or will had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he had rather he saith, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant or testament or will with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out uh, of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their heart rather than to their mind. And write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that, he saith, uh, uh, rather, a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Isn't that wonderful? Now, let me give you some keys out of those verses. And I will tell you what they're, wh how, where they are found in those verses. And I pray that you're ready to write because here again, we are sitting in the, uh, in the attorney's office. In the attorney's office. Now, Jesus is our advocate. He is our attorney. Now, here's the interesting thing. 
This is Jesus's will. And he's the only one that has died and rose from the grave and is sitting there as your attorney to make sure that you get everything you're supposed to get. Isn't that something? Everyone else, everybody else, when they die, someone else reads their will. But Jesus reads his own will and makes sure that you get everything that you're supposed to have. Hallelujah. So he's sitting in the room with us. He's sitting in the room. And he's telling you everything that you ought to receive. First thing you ought to know that this is a better covenant. This is a better covenant than the Old Testament, than the old covenant, the old will. All right. Uh, Two, we can say uh, it is established on better promises. The Old Testament or the old will was based on performance. Listen, God said, if you will obey in the Old Testament, if you be obedient, the old covenant was based on your actions and your actions alone. As long as you do it right, you got a blessing. But we can, and you can look at an example of that in Exodus 19 and 5. But in the new, in the new will, the Lord says, uh, we can see this in Hebrews 8 and 10. You can make a note of that. It says this, the Lord says, I will in the new Testament, the new covenant, the new will. He says, I will the old. He says, if you will in this new Testament, this new will, God says, I will. And the old, he depended upon you in the new. He's doing it himself. Isn't that something that's in Hebrews eight verses 10 and 12. The third thing is in the old obedience in the old will or old covenant, old Testament obedience sprang from fear. There was an eye for an eye. People were expecting judgment upon their lives or condemnation when they did something wrong. So they were kept in line by fear. Don't do that. God going to get you. That's under the old covenant, the old will. But under the New Testament, uh, obedience springs from the heart. It springs from within. Verse number 10, Hebrews 8, verse 10 says that God will put his laws in our hearts. So obedience springs from the inside out, out of a willing heart, willing and obedient heart, out of gratitude for the Lord. And to the Lord, obedience springs from the inside out instead of under the old from the outside. God going to get you external pressures forcing you or uh, causing you to obey God because of something that you think may happen to you. Are you hearing? Fourth thing, the old uh, in the Old uh, Testament, uh, the only person to have a personal relationship with God were who were the priests, were the prophets, were the kings. A select group of people. That's it. The common person could not have a relationship with God. Couldn't have an intimate walk with God. They had to depend on what Samuel said that God said. Or what Isaiah said that what God said. They had to depend on them. But under the new covenant, the new will, Jesus said, everybody's going to know me from the greatest to the least. He opens the door for everybody. This is a new covenant founded on better promises so god opens the door for everybody so you don't have to depend on your preacher you can go before god for yourself isn't that something hallelujah you can look at uh hebrews 8 11 there to find that also we can see that uh in the new testament rather let's say this in the the old 
in the old will, the old testament, the old covenant, the people's sins were covered. Remember, we talked about that, right? If there is an, an odor in the room and then you go to Walmart and get your Glade spray with the rose scent and you and you spray it all in the room, you still smell the funk, but at least it has a rosy smell to it. Right? In the Old Testament, the blood of the bulls and goats covered sin. But in the New Testament, the new will, God assures us of the complete annihilation of sin. The complete destruction of sin. Sin goes to an oblivion. Jesus burned up the sins. Are you hearing me? When Jesus, we know, here again, when Jesus died on that cross, when he hung on that cross, the judgment of the whole world was upon him. All of our sins was upon him. He not only died for you, he died as you. He took your place. And he took those sins down into hell. Somebody said, well, why did Jesus go to hell? If he was going to pay the price for your sins, that means that he was going to have to go where you would have gone, where I would have gone. Or else the payment would not have been made. He had to have go, he had to have gone to the most vilest of places. But remember, his blood is uh, able to save even the most wretched, vilest of sinners. Even Hitler could have been saved if he had called on the name of Jesus. Think about the rapist and the, the serial killer and all those places. He had to go down to the lowest part of hell. Why? Because if he didn't go to the lowest parts of hell, then salvation would not be complete for them. So because he had to save all of mankind, he had to save the person that helps the old lady cross the street that, or, and then from the person that, that kills old ladies. He had to go down way deep. And this is why he, uh, this is why he had to take that journey into hell and even into the lake of fire, which is the eventual home of people uh, that have not received God's solution, God's answer. Jesus Christ. So he had to go there and three days, three nights, the Bible declares that Jesus was in the belly of the earth. He was in hell and those sins, our sins were being burned up. So through the New Testament, we can be assured of the complete annihilation of sin, not just covering, but God said, I'm not going to just spray it. I'm going to kill it all together. I'm going to destroy the sin all together so that there'll be no more record. No more record. God said, I'll remember their sins. What? No more. Why? Because they've been completely burned up in the body of Jesus Christ. If he was going to pay the price. Now, please don't take me out to lunch. And by the way, you can. Please don't take me out to lunch and tell me I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay for the entire meal. If the meal is 50 bucks, don't put down a $20 bill. Pay for the meal and pay for the tip too. Then you had to pay the entire price. Okay. So when Jesus did the work, he did it finished. He fully finished it. It was finished. It's over with. So again, another, another thing that has been left to you as the heir is the complete annihilation, complete destruction of your sins. 
Now, why is that important? Because when the enemy comes and whispers in your ear, you know what you used to do. You say, what? God has forgotten all about that. He's destroyed all of that mess in the lake of fire, burned it up in the body of Jesus Christ, and has received Jesus Christ on that third day. Hallelujah. And now his blood speaks better things for me than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. The earth has been stained with his blood. And the Lord is the minister of his blood before me, even in the high courts of heaven. Jesus said, to defend me are you hearing what I'm saying I don't have to worry about that kind of mess see the devil knows this but he's hoping you don't know it the devil believes this he's hoping you don't believe it hallelujah so here again the Lord has dealt with another precious promise being left to us remember the new covenant the new testament is built on better promises thank God Hallelujah. I guarantee you those that were under the old covenant, those that were under the old will, would have loved for their sins to be completely annihilated, completely destroyed. Because every year they had to come up to the altar, come up to the temple, and there was a remembrance made of their sins. They were reminded every time they came to church, they were reminded of their sins. Anybody know anything about that? Hallelujah. Number six, under the New Testament, the new covenant, the new will, this testament or will rests on the redemptive work of Jesus Christ and not on your performance. Not on your performance. Oh, I didn't give you the scripture for, number, for the fifth thing about the Lord destroying your sins. Hebrews 8 and verse 12 and, and also Hebrews 10 verse 17. Hebrews 8 verse 12 and also uh, Hebrews 10 verse 17. So that you will be know so that you will know it and not rest on my wisdom. Are you hearing? Number six, the redemptive work of Christ paved the way for us. It was our redemption, our salvation is built on Christ and not on our own merit and not on how good you have been. There are people in other religions or other things that say, well, if I knock on enough doors, if I do well enough, if I do good enough, then God will accept me to them. Their salvation is based on their goodness. But because we have received a new covenant, a new testament, a new will from Jesus Christ, it's built on how good Jesus was. Hallelujah. And how good Jesus is. And that's nothing to do with our righteousness. At least any man should boast. Hebrews 9, verse 11 through 14. You can find that. Number seven. The New Testament also gives us access into the presence of God. And the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of us. Under the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon chosen people. He came upon the prophets, came upon the judges, came upon Samson. He came upon them. Hallelujah. They were grateful when he came upon them. Hallelujah. But under the New Testament, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. I am the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's a testament that's built on better promises. Now he will live with me, live on the inside of you, and not just come upon you during chosen times. He lives with you now. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. you can see more about that there. And last... It gives us the use, the blood of Jesus, the New Testament, gives us access to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to kingdom resources. 
John 16, 24. Jesus said, up until this point, you've asked me nothing. But when I go away, you're going to ask me, what do you mean when you go away, when you go away, Lord? Because I would have died. And the will, listen, the will is not enforced until the testator dies. Don't let anybody rule you and say, well, look, when I die, you're going to get all of this. Next question is, well, when you're going to die? Because I can't get it until after you're dead. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to live a long time. Well, bless you then. Praise the Lord. But Jesus said, up to this point, you haven't asked me anything. But when I go away, then you can ask. What does that mean? We'll have access to his name. That name that is above all other names. That name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So this segues us into the power of the name of Jesus. And it's all wrapped up and tied up in the New Testament. So we're going to understand that as understand the things that the Lord Jesus has left for us in the New Testament. And a large portion of that is in his name. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Come on, can we praise him? If you understood that, if you got something from that, don't praise me, praise him. Hallelujah. Thank him for what he left for you in his will. In the name of Jesus. Because he left you victory and not defeat. (laughs) Are you hearing? Hallelujah. Anybody excited about it? I'm excited about it. I'm really, really, really excited about it. I'm excited about it. So ask your neighbor again, how long will you watch that snowy TV? Hallelujah. If it's not right, declare it to be right. In Jesus, my name. It's time to go to war. So we say, after, repeat after me. Now you're gonna have to say this with authority. Now I'm gonna say this with boldness. In Jesus' name, as we make these declarations, if you whisper it, then you know that's up to you. But if you have to say with boldness, say with power, say with say with conviction, because we're we're going on a war path now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's just like the bank: what you put into it is what you will get out of it. If you take more out of the bank than you put into it, you have robbed it. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive all that you have left for me in the will, testament, covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take the name of Jesus. And I declare to the devils, I break your power off of my home. I break your power off of my family. I break your power over my children, over my husbands, over my wife. I break your power in the name of Jesus. Spirit of lack, I break your power. And I declare that I receive abundance now. I declare that I am a money magnet. Money is drawn to me. 
and I sow generously into the kingdom of God. The blessings of God are mine. Divine health is mine. I am strong. I am strong. I am healthy. I am prosperous. And I am wealthy. In Jesus name. Now give Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. We're moving forward. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You had to feel that anointing. I'm telling you. We have released in the atmosphere. In the name of Jesus. This is a season of warfare. This is a season of warring. Hallelujah. God will deal with many of you about times of fasting. And wake you up many times early in the morning to pray. Because this is a season of warring. This is a season of release. This is a season right now. And the Bible says very clear in the book of James, I believe the fourth chapter. It says, submit yourselves therefore unto God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The word flee there means to run in terror. To run in terror. It's time for the devil to run in terror. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. I refuse to have a snowy TV. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.